0: it is 706 indeed ready to uh, to rock and roll the lines already open 4168706400 star 640 on sale. you have concerns about the workplace your job having been fired or thinking it might be on the horizon or possibly an employer wondering how you have to, uh, you know, you have no choice. You got to thin the herd a little bit and you want to do it uh, above board in the correct way. That's also a good reason to call in anytime. 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell. If you prefer, 1 225 talk. That is toll free. Email we'll get to hopefully with some time a little later on this evening. That is help at employment lawyer. C A, What's going on, pal?
1: Hey, Johnny. Great, great, great to be back. Uh, Been uh, uh, waiting for this, looking forward to this for a while. You know, we had our holiday break, but we're ready to rock and roll and Mm -hmm. talk about employment law and workplace rights and all the good stuff, the important stuff that people need to know about. Because guess what? We all have jobs. We all work for a living. We all need to know what our rights are. And, you know, if you're starting off the year with the job and maybe you weren't looking forward to going back to work because some things weren't going your way and you want to know, you know, this is a new year. What do I do to solve these problems well it starts by calling us right now on the show asking your questions giving me the opportunity to uh, to fix that problem to help you and of course if you have a question you have an issue or a problem but you don't necessarily want to get on air. that's not a problem we'll give you my contact information my personal contact information throughout the show so you can reach out you can call you can email and, and we can have that chat but don't be bashful take advantage help others as well that may be in the same situation uh, this is the time of year when some changes may happen in the workplace, and, and you need to know what your rights are. And to start us off, a couple of situations that came across my desk uh, uh, very recently. I spoke with a uh, gentleman uh, whose boss, uh, for a number of weeks, had asked him to work uh, six-hour shifts, which is not a problem, mm-hmm. except he asked him to work six-hour six shifts straight through, no breaks. said, we're really busy. I need you to work the full six hours. Can't give you a break he said this guy no sorry i can't too much i want my break i know i'm entitled to a break not going to do it so back and forth they went eventually the company says we're going to let you go his boss says i'm going to let you go why am i going to keep you when i can find others that are going to work six hours no break why am i going to give you a break make my life harder so you're out of here so this guy called me and he wanted to know what his rights were so let's start with the idea that he is entitled to a break. Anyone's entitled to a break. If you work five hours or more, 30 minutes unpaid break, the company has to give it to you, okay? Now, here's nope. the thing. You cannot be fired for standing up for your rights. You cannot be fired for refusing to do something that the company's trying to do illegally. But it's more than that. The fact that he was fired for standing up for his rights is what we call a reprisal. If a company fires someone, punishes someone because they're trying to stand up for their rights, because they're trying to make sure that their rights are pursued, then guess what? That is a reprisal. That is illegal. You can't do that. So Not only is this company going to owe him severance, that goes without saying. There may be additional damages that are owed to this person because he stand stood up for his rights. Same thing would apply if you're pursuing your rights to overtime, to vacation pay. Even if you're dealing with harassment issues, yeah. issues and the company punishes you, to to do anything to you in that situation is illegal. So guess what? I'm going to help him get what he's owed, and uh, and it's an there's important lessons there, John, for everyone.
0: You bet. Uh, you want to reach out, by the way, when we are not on the air, do so by calling uh, Lior and his team, one 821 5900 Again, email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. What else you got going on, pal?
1: So I spoke with a lady who had been off on a disability leave for a while. About 18 months she'd been off and you know working really hard to, to get better. She had a serious medical condition, a number of them actually. And, and after about a year and a half, she got better where her doctor said, that the doctor is comfortable for her to go back to work. Unfortunately, though, she couldn't necessarily go back to work right away full time. She needed to work part time for a while and then build up to being able to work uh, full time. Not uncommon at all. Gradual return to work is what we call it. She calls her employer very excited and says, I want to come back to work. I need to work part time for a while. Immediately on that same call, as her boss says, "Sorry, we don't have any part time. Everyone here is full time. So you can come back full time, but until you're ready to come back, we're gonna we're gonna not allow you to come back. Let us know when you're ready." She's upset. She was hoping to to get a much more positive response after working so hard to get back to work, and she called me and she wanted to know what her rights were. So, John, an employer has a duty to accommodate. Yeah. That's a strict duty under our human rights legislation. That means if an employee needs some help with modified hours, modified duties, in this case to work part-time, the company has to find a way to make it happen. They can't say, we don't want to. We can't say, well, others don't get it, so we're not going to do it for you. They have to accommodate. It's a strict duty. So in this situation, they should have allowed her to go back to work. That's their obligation under the human rights code. So by not doing that, by not even considering that, by not even making that effort, that's a human rights violation. She can also treat now her employment as being terminated, plus a human rights violation. So she has significant entitlements. And I wanted to remind employees that if you do have a medical condition that requires some accommodation, maybe you need to work from home more, maybe you need uh, to be able to get some modified duties or not to lift heavy objects. It's a strict duty that the company has to accommodate you. If they don't want to, if they don't try, if they refuse, you call me. We can either make them or get you the compensation that you're owed.
0: 416 870 star 640 on sale is the way to go for the remainder of this show. As you know, Brett, good evening. Thanks for hanging on. How are you?
2: Hey, thanks, gentlemen. Hey, my, uh, my question is uh, in regards to... Say I voluntarily decide, or say me or anybody really would voluntarily decide to leave their uh, position, and it's early. It's early in the year, obviously, and there's a standard bonus that they say you won't be paid out if you don't work for the company at the time that they're paying the bonuses out. That really allowed, since I technically, or you know, whoever it was, whether it was me or anybody else since they would have worked the full period where the bonus was being accrued?
1: It's a great question. If you've earned the bonus, if you've worked the period of time to earn the bonus and you've qualified, in other words, you've done what you're supposed to to get the bonus, whether it's to meet targets or what have you, then the company has to pay that bonus. The company can't say, well, wait a second, you've earned it, but because you left before the day where we're actually writing the check then you're not going to get it. They would need to have a contract with you signed where that's extremely explicit. That's very, very rare. So bottom line, uh, Brett, is if the company uh, refuses to pay, that's something you can pursue, and I'd be happy to help you with that. If you worked till the end of the bonus period, if you've earned the bonus, they should pay you the bonus.
2: Okay, so if you – so say – hypothetical situation say the bonus is paid out and late january early february the somebody leaves during like say early january to mid january what would the what would the procedure be to actually like go after that bonus would you just write a letter saying that or yeah. would it be one where you would actually have to like engage in some sort of litigation
1: well the first step always in a case like this would be for me to send a letter saying no no you got to pay up the bonus here's why and in the vast majority of cases, the company is going to write back and say, okay, fine, yeah, we'll pay the bonus. Now, if they still refuse, then at that point we can take legal action. That is the exception. That's not the rule, and it's probably unnecessary. So as a, as a, as a starting point, and what resolves it in most cases is engaging them in a discussion, sending them a letter, and getting it done that way.
2: Okay, perfect. I, I appreciate that. Do you mind if I just ask another quick question that kind of pop, yeah. popped into my head based yeah, on your previous caller? Sure. So if I had, uh, say, my wife, for example, or uh, my, actually more accurately, my sister, is a nurse, so she works under a union. I know that you can't obviously do anything, but my question is in regards to modified duties. The fact that you have a collective bargaining agreement, does that, would that give that employer the ability to violate what you just described as human rights law within Ontario?
1: Absolutely not. The human rights code cannot be, uh, changed by way of a contract or by way of a collective agreement. So no, it would apply to, to your sister the same way. The only difference is that if the company won't do what they're supposed to, the only one that can pursue her rights is the union. Whereas in a non unionized situation I can get involved, I can help the employee and either fix the problem or get them compensation. In this situation it has to be the union, but the law, the rules apply just the same. Okay, perfect.
2: That's I really appreciate you clarifying. I'm gonna get on the phone with my sister then. Thanks,
0: <laughs> Thanks Brad. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate that call. And uh, to move on from there, of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, And you can email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still got a couple minutes here before we uh, we take a, a wee break. Want to squeeze in the Pocket Employment Lawyer at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's right. And, you know, our regular listeners have
1: heard us talk about it. We have new listeners all the time, but pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a tool that I created that uh, late last year, uh, I wanted to create a mini-me, okay? let have an ego, what can I say? And I wanted everyone to have access to mini-Lior, but, but in all seriousness, I wanted to give everyone access to legal information with them, in their pocket, at all time. whether you have a smartphone, a tablet, a laptop, what have you, you already have an employment lawyer. You simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and pick the category that you want to have dealt with. It could calculate your severance. If you lost your job, it can calculate your severance right away. If you're uh, an, in, uh, an independent contractor, but you want to know whether you really are an independent contractor, again, you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Maybe it's a harassment situation, a human rights issue. Maybe it's a constructive dismissal situation. That and more, you can find out about your rights. Get your rights analyzed on there right away uh, online at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. It takes seconds. It's easy to use. It's the first place you go to if you have an employment law legal issue. Even before you call an employment lawyer, just check out pocketemploymentlawyer.ca.
0: Yeah, right there at the top right corner, a contact button, and it's anonymous. Otherwise, they'll check it out. Uh, We're going to take a short break here. When we come back, your phone calls and everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause, we will get to that as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Bring it on. It's the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show, Global News Radio welcome back indeed phone lines open and quiet you got plenty of time to call in ask your questions do so now is the uh, the time 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell or if you prefer one uh, that is toll free in the meantime everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about what we call termination for cause easy one off the top pal what is termination for cause so we we need to really be clear on that and it's yeah.
1: something that people get wrong often and there's a lot of terms that people use you know being fired, uh, being laid off, being dismissed. So, really, there's only two types of termination, okay? There's only two types of termination. The, f- the first termination, the most common type of termination is a termination without cause. That's a termination okay. that happens as a restructuring. It happens because the company's cutting costs, because the company's saying, yeah, you know, we're not happy with you, but it's not that bad, but we still want to make a change. That's the most common type of termination. They're allowed to do that. It's a question of severance. The second type of termination, what we're going to spend some time talking about, is a termination for cause. A termination for cause is a situation where you've been let go because of something awful that you did. Because you did something so bad that it makes it impossible to continue employing you. So a termination for cause is something that's reserved for the worst offenders. It's the death penalty, the capital punishment of the employment relationship it's only the worst employees that are uh, that deserve a termination for cause and in many cases as we'll talk about a company tries to pull the trigger on a termination for cause before they should, before they reach that level. And keep in mind, John, the reason why it's so important to understand this is because if the company terminates someone for cause legitimately, legally, then that company does not have to pay the employee severance. And in many cases, as we'll talk about, when the company tries to terminate someone for cause, it's not really cause, which means they have to pay
0: severance. Lots more of that coming up. So, uh, so get in there four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. We'll bounce right back to our topic first. So, Albert, thanks for uh, for calling in. Good evening.
3: Hi. Good evening. How are you?
0: Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Yeah, actually, um, I'm working like uh, fifty hours a week. From okay. uh, and I don't know if. Uh, if these are eligible to, uh, to to overtime or no, or uh, in the even if there is overtime, is this multiplied by one point five? And I'm, I'm on salary basis, not on
1: uh, hourly basis. And so uh, contract yeah, for that hours. So Albert, what kind of a job? What do you do?
3: I'm accountant.
1: Okay. And you're, you're a certified accountant? Uh, no. So you, you don't have an accountant uh, designation?
3: No, I just uh, have my uh, deco. Your are what, sorry? I have my bachelor's degree on accounting.
1: Okay, so if you're not a designated accountant, then the company does have to pay you overtime. Now, if you're an actual accountant, a designated accountant, then, then uh, that position would be exempt from overtime and you, the company wouldn't have to pay you. But if you're not actually a, a designated accountant, they have to pay you. And the way it works is for any hours over 44, they have to pay you time and a half. So the way you calculate that is you, you see what your salary is for a week, whatever your salary is for a week, you divide that by 44, that gives you an hourly rate, and one and a half times is your overtime rate. So overtime rate applies if you work 50 hours a week. That means that six hours have to be paid to you as time and a half. Does that answer if the question?
3: Like uh, My technician, uh, sorry, my, my fighter
1: is finance manager. Are you Are you managing people? Not really. So it's a question of whether you're an actual manager. The title doesn't matter. It's a question of whether or not you're actually a manager. If you are a manager, if you have managerial responsibilities, you're managing people, then then no, you don't get overtime. A manager is exempt from overtime. But if you just have the title of a manager but you're not actually a manager, then yes, you are owed overtime. Okay. Okay, so All right. Albert, if, you're not, if you're not sure, yep. by the way, then give me a call and we can talk about it.
0: Yeah. Albert, that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, Albert, 1-855-821-5900. You can reach out through email as well. Simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for everyone else, call us, talk. Uh, Let's bring it on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. In the meantime, back to our topic of everything employers and employees ever wanted to know about termination for cause. So I guess if you're an employer and you've uh, you've pulled the trigger on somebody and uh, you've terminated them for cause, uh, it needs to be established before you can pull that off. How difficult is it to establish cause? It is difficult. It is difficult because just like it's uh, difficult to to say that
1: uh, to make th- to decide that someone gets the death penalty or, or life in prison, it's only certain people. It's the same thing with uh, termination for cause. It is difficult to establish that it's reserved for the worst offenders, and you can't take shortcuts. You can't say, "Well, he did something wrong." An employee doing something wrong does not mean that they could be terminated for cause. Remember, just like if you uh, commit a crime, that doesn't mean that that crime is deserving of a life in prison or the death penalty, right? There may be other penalties that are available. Yeah. Same thing for an employer. An employer may be able to, to provide uh, warnings, may be able to provide some training or even a suspension in some situations, uh, but they cannot just terminate for cause. So it's difficult to establish cause, and in my experience, John, most employers, many cases, pull the trigger before they should they they don't actually have cause they allege cause and that's what we call a wrongful dismissal
0: so if an i employer and i'm about to pull the trigger but i'm hearing this going okay i'm going to i'm going to hold back what do i have to show to prove it
1: so there's two ways to to establish cause the first is to show that the person did something that's terrible Okay, they stole. They 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 uh, committed fraud. And then even if that happens one time, yes, if you can show that they did that, you can terminate for cause. You don't need to do any other work as long as you can show that. That's going to be very rare. The second situation where you're dealing with the conduct that's not as bad for the company to terminate for cause and for the employer to establish cause, they need to build a case against the employee. So they, if the employee did something wrong, they need to have a warning. They need to show that warning. Then maybe if it happens again, they get a second warning, and maybe then a final warning. And then, okay, we've built a case. We gave a warning, another, and then a final warning. What more can we do? Well, now it's time to consider a termination for cause. So what you want is either to show that the employee did one thing that's just really, really bad... Or if it's, a, if it's not one thing, it's a number of things, you want to show that you've disciplined them, that you've gave them an opportunity to fix this issue, to improve, and they still didn't do it. Only then can you legitimately and legally pull the trigger on a termination for cause. It takes some works, and you can't skip steps in the process. If you do, again, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of a wrongful dismissal.
0: Any questions about this topic, uh, bring them on on the phones, 416 870 star 640 on cell, or any other topic that uh, comes to mind as far as your employment and your work life are concerned. So if we're talking about cause here, um, examples of conduct that may be cause for dismissal. I know you've often said it's, it's the death penalty of the working relationship, but uh, what does that mean?
1: So if there's certain... It's, it's rare. Let's put it this way. It's rare for one incident of misconduct to be caused. Okay? So I've seen many situations. Someone is late. Someone uh, made a mistake, screwed up on a project. Someone maybe even didn't talk properly with their boss, was rude. One incident of misconduct is almost never, almost never going to be caused. And that's not me saying that. That's our highest court. The Supreme Court of Canada saying that. So if you did something wrong, that does not mean that you can be terminated for cause. On the other hand, there are a number of limited types of uh, misconduct or, or, or situations where even if you did something one time, it could be caused. So we're talking about theft. We're talking about fraud. We're talking about assault, sexual harassment. If an employee is guilty of one of those, you know, I call those the mortal sins, one of those mortal sins of the employment relationship, then yes. The employer can't terminate them for cause, but the employer still has to show that they actually did it. It can't be speculation. It can't be, well, we think so, or, or Bob says that you did. They have to be able to show that and, and, and make it clear that that's what happened. Uh, but generally speaking, John, if, if it's not one of those mortal sins and the employee did something wrong, they cannot be let go for cause because of a one incident of misconduct.
0: By the way, lots more information about what we talk about, and we did talk about it off the top of the show, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can go there anytime you'd like, or uh, call us here this evening, 416 870 star 640 on sale. We're talking about termination for cause. Is the length of employment a relevant factor to de- uh, determine if there is cause in a case?
1: It absolutely is, and, and, and here's why. If you worked for a company for a long time, well, it's assumed that you've done that because you're a good employee, right? That, that you've, you know, if you've been there for 20 years, well, you're not going to yeah. last 20 years if you're a, a really bad, crappy employee. So if you've been there for 20 years, let assumed assume you're good. So if, if it, you've been there for a while and it's assumed you're good, it's going gonna, gonna to be that much more difficult, for the company to establish cause. It's going to be that much more difficult for them to show that now, after 20 years, you've done something so bad that it just negates and deletes that 20 years that you had before. So the longer you work, the harder it is to terminate someone for cause. Now, keep in mind, it's always difficult to terminate for cause, even if you've been for the, with a the company for six months. It's still very, very difficult, but it's that much more difficult to terminate for cause long-service employees, people that have been with the company for a while. It's assumed that you're a good employee, so the employer really has to have uh, their ducks in a row in order to be able to let you go for cause. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell is the number to call. Use it. Get the information. Frank, thank you for, uh, for hanging on. How are you, pal?
3: Not bad. Uh, good evening, guys. I just want to know, I've been listening religiously to you guys uh, for a year now. And I just, I'm just i in a situation where uh, I got terminated. I did, I did uh, uh, my job uh, really good and all that. But because I was a new hiree and, uh, and I'm a temporary worker, full-time temporary worker, uh, I got dismissed and terminated uh, for bringing up health and safety issues for uh, unjust cause. And the uh, management hasn't bothered to... Uh, uh, look uh, to do any internal investigation. They just swept it under under the carpet. And basically, told me to go away. We can we can terminate you without cause, and uh, we'll give you just a week's pay. That's in the contract, and that's not. Wow. That. And the and this whole time uh, up till tonight, I'm checking the website for the hiring hiring, and they need guys uh, uh, to do this job. And I need I need my job back. Like I'm dying to work. I'm I i do not want it to be at home. I'm dying for this job because I just gotta support my family.
1: Now, now Frank were you, were you part of a union? No
3: no no this is no part, union this okay is, this is for a city uh, uh, city job Now how long did you work there for? I just started in, in the springtime okay so and it's a temporary it, a temporary full-time job which I picked up I, I applied for I gave him references and everything and I applied via uh, email on the website.
1: So when you say temporary, why are you saying that do you sign an agreement that says you're only working for until a specific date?
3: Yes, uh, from April to the end of uh, October, with uh, very possible extension if you if you work good. And I know everybody else has got extensions because uh, they can't find workers to, to work. Like the new generation doesn't want to do this kind of work.
1: Okay, so so you work till October
3: and then they. No, no, just... I worked till August when I got terminated. I got terminated in August.
1: Okay, I got it. I understand. So here's the thing. They, they may owe you uh, a payment between August and October, and, and to know for sure if they do, I would need to see the agreement that you signed with them when you started with them in the spring, uh, because if if it simply says you're going to work till October, then they have to pay you till October, even though they let you go in August. So that's really what's at stake here. Now, keep in mind, unfortunately, Frank, there's no mechanism to get you your job back. That's not going to happen. Uh, what may... Uh, be possible. What may, we may be able to do is to get you payment between August and October. So for whatever, one, two months pay. That is absolutely possible. So what I want you to do is off air when we get off, I want you to reach out to me and I want you to send me a copy. You can email, you can fax, whatever you want. A copy of the agreement that you signed when you started working, uh, back in the, in the spring. Let me review yeah. it, and I can tell you then in, in, in 20 seconds if they owe you payment till October, they may well owe you. So that's really what this is about. We can't get you your drawback. That's not going to happen. So you may it may be time to think about uh, you know doing what you have to to find another position. But yeah, we may so, be able so, to get so, you a couple of so months' compensation.
3: Brought, so you brought that about finding another position. I asked when I was getting terminated. I asked why they wouldn't give me a reason why. They said we don't have to. It's a business right. decision. Well, yeah, I don't, they don't understand have to. that part. And furthermore, they red flagged my name and I, I'm no longer, because I asked them, can I apply to another position uh, in, in the city? And they said no.
1: So keep in mind, an employer can let you go at any time and for any reason or no reason as long as they pay you what they owe you. So really the question in your situation is, do they owe you payment or do they not owe you payment? And because they can let you go for any reason, whether, you know, they can, you know, there's a, an example that I like to use. They may be able to say, uh, Frank, you drive a blue car, so we're going to let you go because we only like people with red cars. They could do that as long as they pay you. So they don't actually have to give a reason. It's a question of compensation. Now, in terms of uh, kind of red flagging you, that's not a nice thing to do at all, but an employer is allowed to decide who they want to hire and who they don't, as long as they're not being discriminatory. They can't say they're not going to hire you because of your age or your religion, but beyond that, they can say, we don't like people called Frank. Yeah, whatever. I'm being silly. Uh,
3: Uh, But I don't understand that part. I'm really, I don't, I
1: really don't, I'm finding it really, really
3: hard to, to to grasp that. How could you not uh, do, do on their part, do their due diligence, and, and, and provide an uh, uh, an investigation, whatever, to see what what. Because I I did I did what I had to do. I followed their procedure, and I brought up health issues, and I and I was being honest about it. Right, I told them those you because know, I didn't want anybody to get hurt or anything, and uh, and I'm very knowledgeable about that stuff, and they ended up uh, screwing me. So now nah, my name is tarnished.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Ultimately, the, the law does allow them to let you go pretty much for any reason. And, and in terms of trying to understand that there really isn't Anything to understand it, it. It's simply about accepting that that's the way the law is. I'm not telling you it's right. I'm not telling you it's fair, but I'm telling you it's a question of compensation. So uh, you may be owed a couple of months compensation. If you want my help with that, happy to help you. Remember, uh, for, for Frank and all our listeners, if you're working on a fixed term, in other words, you you've signed a, on for a job that's supposed to go till a specific date, if you're let go before that date, the general rule is that the company has to pay you until the end of the contract. So if you sign the contract for a year and they let you go three months into it, then they have to pay you for the last nine months, even though you're not working. That could be a lot of money. And for Frank, that could mean a couple of months pay.
0: Thanks, Frank. Appreciate the call. Obviously, you'll want to uh, you want to carry on with this and and get it cleared up. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Reach out and call your and his team, or email, like you said, that agreement help at employmentlawyer.ca. Your phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Star six forty on still so got uh, lots of time to call through. Ask your questions as well. In between that, we're talking about for the benefit of employers and employees everything you wanted to know about termination for cause. You mentioned that uh, you know employers got to give a, you know a few chances uh, before they are termination for cause. How many chances ballpark should an employer give an employee before they uh, they sack them, as they say?
1: Yeah, and it's a question that I often get, and it's a tough question to answer because yeah. it really does depend on what the person did. If if the misconduct is that the person is five minutes late to work, you're gonna need a bunch of chances before you can consider a termination for cause. If it's more serious misconduct, you know, if if the misconduct is the fact that they're coming in two hours late, well, no, you're not gonna need as many warnings before you can terminate for cause. So it really does depend. But as a general rule, if I have to kind of pick a number, usually three. If you can show that there were three three other disciplinary measures that were taken in most cases you're going to be in a position to terminate for cause now that's a kind of a general rule and you know the devil is in the details but it's going to be rare where uh, you know less than 3 is enough and it's probably going to be rare when more than 3 is necessary so if an employee is let go and they haven't received you know three disciplinary measures warnings suspensions what have you yeah. but they're let go for cause that can almost always be a wrongful dismissal. That can almost always be a situation where the company has to pay them their full severance, and that could be a huge amount of money that's owed to someone, up to two years' pay.
0: We're talking about four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Now I'm an employer, and I'm thinking, okay, um, give me some advice when it comes or with respect to building a case for cause against an employee, because I think I might have a bad egg in the, uh, in, the in the works here. Well, first of all, you have
1: to make sure that the employees know what the expectations are. Uh that they know what they're supposed to do, that there's policies or, or, or manuals in place that tell them here's what you can do and here's what you can't do. You and you have to be consistent in enforcing those policies. You can't just uh, you know, make things up on the fly. You have to be consistent, make sure that if someone does something wrong, it's dealt with. You don't just look the other way. And then build up a case. If an employee does something wrong, discipline them in writing. Always, always, always in writing. Put that in writing. Make sure that they know what they've done wrong. Tell them that that behavior is not acceptable. And once you have two, three or so of those, then if it's still an issue, terminate for cause if you have to. But be smart. Have policies. Be consistent. And put things in writing.
0: want to take another call get to, uh, to Vern here. Hey, Vern, good evening. How you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, What's you, on brother? your mind?
2: I have a question about uh, what you get paid for a stat all day. For the last 10, 11 years, I've been working three 12-hour shifts, getting paid uh, 12 hours per stat. And all of a sudden, there's changes at our work and they're only going to pay us eight hours. Is that by law they can do, like, government uh, rules that they only have to pay us a maximum of eight hours?
1: No, no, it's not that it's based uh, it's calculated by dividing your your, uh, your your wages earned in the pay period before the holiday by the number of days you work in that pay period so so it's it, it, it it's not doesn't max out at eight hours. so if that's what the company is doing, you one of the things you may be able to do is to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. It doesn't max out at eight hours if, if the calculation calls for more than that so you actually may be owed compensation.
0: Okay. Excellent. Good. Thanks, Vern. appreciate that. appreciate that call. We'll move on here to uh, to John. We still got a a couple minutes here. Hi, John. What's uh, what's your concern?
4: Hey, hey there. So I got a question related to overtime that you guys were kind of talking about earlier cool. today. Okay. Uh, so the current company that I work at right now, they have a policy where they don't pay overtime, even for regardless of your manager, your frontline employee, whatever you are. But for any hours that you do work beyond your schedules they will give you a couple hours off the next day or later in the week or later in that pay period just so that it balances out to 40 that they don't have to pay the 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 time and a half but then i can get that time back on on my own just one thing is on that
1: okay no that's an excellent question so an employer uh can uh, give uh, time in lieu uh, for overtime. So what? let's say they owe you uh, – you work six hours overtime, right? They owe you time and a half, so they can give you nine hours uh, off with pay at some other point because time and a half. They can do that only if they still, it's time and a half, but also only with your consent. So they have to have your written agreement to do that. They can't decide unilaterally to do it. So because of that, that much, what you've described is wrong. Number one, they're, they're doing it unilaterally and they're not doing it based on time and a half. So no, that's wrong. Uh, it's illegal and it's something that you can easily resolve either through me or in fact through the Ministry of Labor. Uh, it, it's not right at all, John.
4: Oh, okay, okay, that's that's interesting, honestly, because uh, the the company that I work with right now, like you work three hours over, they'll give you three hours off.
1: No, it month. it would have to be if it's three hours, then it have to be 40, uh, four and a half hours, right? Because it's time and a half. Yeah. But, but keep in mind, John, that that would only apply to hours worked over forty four hours a week, not over forty. Over forty four, because overtime is calculated if you work more than forty four hours a week. So if you work forty three hours they don't have to give you time and a half if you work 47 hours so that's three hours more than 44 they would have to give you time and a half for those three hours
4: all right that makes sense so because our normal work weeks are just just 40 hours beyond that um yeah beyond that i guess so then between 40 to 44 it would be one hour
1: they they could give you straight they they could do it legally what you've decided they could give you straight time for that for sure once you hit 44 or more it has to be a time and a half
0: okay gotcha Appreciate it, John. If there's uh, anything more that concerns you, please uh, feel free to uh, to call Lior and uh, and take it from there. That number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Going to let you uh, just plug the uh, pocket employment lawyer one more time before we uh, we say goodbye, brother.
1: So the show is over now, but you may still have questions. You may still want to understand your rights. The easiest, the fastest way, 24-7, 365 days a year, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Take seconds. It's anonymous. You can get your rights analyzed. And if you want to, you can contact me directly from the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You already have a lawyer. It's yours. It's there with you. Take advantage. pocketemploymentlawyer.ca.
0: Appreciate all your phone calls tonight, back on the weekend shows, and a reminder, Employment Law Show on Global TV and CTV on the weekend mornings as well. Go to the website to check that out. Uh, again, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 5900 is the number. We are done. We'll catch you on the weekend. Stick around, though. On Point continues with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.